Hello, and welcome back to Miss D's Lunacy. Today's guest, well, he razzles, he dazzles, and makes everyone move their feet. 25 years ago, he left a successful matrimonial law practice to pursue his musical passions, and the rest is history. He is both a singer and band leader and has performed for presidents, royalty, politicians, and celebrities. He has been nominated for a Grammy twice. So I am pleased to introduce to you the legendary Alex Donner. Miss D, I am so excited to be here. I mean, I have known you forever, but I am so impressed with your your incarnation as a fabulous hostess and what you're able to bring out of people and and the amazing people that you know and that you've been able to to bring into the studio and really capture their their lives. Uh, it's just uh, it's 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 fascinating, and I'm 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 so happy and and honored that you asked me to be here today. What a charming, sweet thing to say. I'm very lucky that my friends are really interesting, <laughs> which I think helps a lot. So I want to start back, of course, with your family, because obviously with your musical talent, there is obviously a link in your family about musical talent. Yes. Well, growing up in New York City, my uh, father took me to a lot of jazz clubs. And also, uh, we we sang together. He he had started the uh, Princeton Tiger Tones when he was in, in, in college, an a cappella singing group. So we used to do a little a cappella singing around the house and I just heard uh, just a lot of a lot of music and it was encouraged uh, growing up. It's incredible the history of how all this sort of progresses through your life and becomes monumental in your career. Now we have to also remember that he he was a lawyer at some point, but he went to Princeton and this is this, a very funny story. Yourself you went to Princeton. Right? Yes. And then you what did you you did this band thing and well growing up in New York despite having some musical background I I thought I was going to be in the NFL I I, I thought I was going to be a a great halfback and and that turned out not 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 to be true (laughs) fairly early in my career but in any case uh, I went to Paris for a year to study I think I studied uh, um, wine, women, and song more than I actually did in the academic. Great place but, to do it. But uh, a friend of mine said, let's go down and play in the Metro. That's what people do here. And I said, okay, well, I only play like three chords on the guitar. And he said, it doesn't matter. Just come on down. And we went down and we started playing. And first they threw Santimes. And then they started throwing Franks. And my friend said to me at some point, you know what? You really have a, a pretty good voice. You should do something with this. When I got to Princeton the next year, walked into a party. Somebody was playing piano. I started singing. He said, we're starting a band. Uh, would you come down and audition? I did. Got the gig. And now I was in a band. It's a great story. Great. I, I love it. Okay, so what did the band, so how did it proceed? Well, our first gig was in the freshman dining hall. We started off and I started singing, uh, without a song, the day would never end. You know, when a, a great standard. And Right halfway through the song, uh, this piece of cheese whizzed by oh, no. my head, and people were screaming. They wanted to hear Rolling Stones. They 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 didn't want to hear Sinatra type stuff. But uh-huh. anyway, got through it. Sang a few more. And somebody came up and booked the band, and we became a hot band on campus doing retro type music. 
Fantastic. And that led to meeting a lot of uh, alumni, and they would bring me to their country clubs, and uh, we had gigs in the, the summer when we were on vacation, and so it, 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 that kind of started things off for me. That's wonderful, and you all stuck together for years. We stuck together right through, all the way through college. And then, when you left college, what happened? Well, my first, first gig was El Morocco. Yay, my favorite place uh, in the whole world. Every single movie star has been there. Now, this was the third incarnation, so it wasn't quite what it was when it, when it first started. But it was, still was pretty darn good. I mean, Frank Sinatra used to come in. That's Tony, right. Tony Bennett came in and sang with us one night. Oh, my uh, God. And there still was sort of, quote, cafe society, and I met a lot of interesting people. Uh, including me. <laughs> including you. Including you. That's right. That's I'll right. never forget my mother would call the major D and tell him, my children or my girls are at your club. Could you please send them home? <laughs> <laughs> he ended up at, at doubles, I think, one of them. And he would come in and say, your mother's not very happy with you. You need to go home. <laughs> you know, they used to say to us, okay, stop the band because we've got to get some of these people home. And that was probably you. <laughs> it was hysterical. I mean, we all had curfews and whatnot. We should have been in, should not have been there from the beginning. But I just thought it was so funny that she'd call the place and say, "Would you please get the girls home?" Very funny. Yeah. But it's one of my it was favorite memories of dancing with all of our friends. And what a group! It, what a group! It was wonderful, Misty. I mean, we had a Latin band. And then I was the American band, okay? And the, 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 there'd be a, a circular oh, stage. Yes, I remember. And the Latin band would come around. We'd be playing the same song, and the Latin band would then take over. And then after half an hour, the Latin band would, would circle around, circle oh, around and disappear, and we'd come on. Oh. But one day, they called me in, and they said, Look, Alex, we, we really like you. You've done a great job here. But Studio 54 is the hot place in New York, and they have a DJ. And so we have to have a DJ. So uh, you are out as of tonight. Oh. So I uh, called up my father and said, you know, I've been rethinking this law school thing. So I went to uh, Fordham Law School in New York. So I still could have a band on Saturday nights. Yeah. And I went through law school and then started in a law firm playing every Saturday with a band and working as a, as a lawyer during the day. I mean, Matrimonial. I, be I became known for doing divorces during the week as a lawyer and weddings on the weekend with the band. Oh, how wonderful. I had one card in one pocket, one in the other. Uh, sometimes a... sometimes even I'd get confused. I, if you, well, you certainly didn't start singing in, the, at, in court, did you? Well, I, no, I do, do remember hanging, handing, handing a divorce card to a woman who wanted to get married. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Didn't, didn't get that gig. But... It doesn't matter, but I think it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, which I, I didn't realize you could have two cards in those days. Yeah, it, it, it was so weird that I got a lot of publicity. And oh, but I, I think it's wonderful. I was in the New York Times and all sorts of other publications. Started to be in demand for the band quite a bit. And then I went to India, Jaipur, uh, for, a, for a former divorce client's uh, second time around wedding. It was one of the first big destination weddings uh, of all time. And I got on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and pictured in town and country. And when I came back, they called me in and they said, we have too many calls at the switchboard here at the law firm for your band and you cannot do both anymore. Whoops. And I said, okay, I'm going to try to do this full time. I'm do what I really love to do full time. Because there were so many famous people, I guess, at this uh 
at this event in India that yes. uh, the word spread just like it did when you were in school, just like it did when you were playing in New York. That is incredible. How And, yeah, being in town and country, uh, being on the television show, but you had so much publicity. It was incredible. Yes. So why don't we put one of your songs on? Oh, well, that sounds great. Would you like so we can really see what's, what he's been doing? So we're going to put on a wonderful song called Black Tie Blues, which was written by Alex, lyrics also, and everything, everything. And uh, it, there's a good story behind it, so why don't we hear it now? And if you move the mic, we can dance. Yay! <laughs> Hit it. My baby says she loves me, but she won't sign up enough. She loves me, but she won't sign a prenup. Mother says I'll have to give her up. Well, I had to tell her, so I took her on a trip to Rome. Well, I had to tell her, so I took her on a trip to Rome. She dropped me right outside the Vatican Dome. Singing the black tie blues. Singing the black tie blues, singing the black tie blues, singing the black tie blues, singing the black tie, singing the black tie blues. Daddy told me I gotta go and get a real job. Daddy told me I gotta go and get a real job. If I don't, he'll give my trust fund a bob. So I went down to Wall Street, tried to get it on some IPO. I went down to Wall Street, tried to get it on some IPO. Those damn people tried to steal all my dough. Singing the black tie blues. 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 Singing the black tie, singing the black tie blues. So I went out to Palo Alto, try to get an awesome dot com deal. I went out to Palo Alto, tried to get an armor.com steal. Picked a chick up at Stanford, but I couldn't even close that deal. Daddy wants a grandson, so he can't send him to Yale. Daddy wants a grandson, so he can send him to Yale. But I told Daddy there's a better chance he'd end up in jail. Singing the black tie blues, 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 singing the black tie, singing the black tie blues. I need a house in the Hampton, so I went out and took a peek. I need a house in the Hamptons, so I went out and took a peek. 
It's a hundred grand, not for the season, for the week. So I thought I'd try Aspen, I went out and bought some skis. I thought I'd try Aspen, so I went out and bought some skis. I fell down the mountain and screwed up both my knees. Singing the black tab blues. 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 Singing the black tab. Singing the black tab blues. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. The story behind it is even more interesting. Tell me about it. Well, of course, in, in that song is some, there's a, the legal part of it. Which and, I love. And, and then there's also sort of the, the performing part of it. So, you know, it was very much uh, autobiographical, like, like, like most songs are, of course. Uh, but in any case, uh, I wrote the song and I met uh, a guy called Tom Malone, who happened to be living in the same building I was living in New York, and he was uh, one of the founding members of the Blues Brothers. And I decided to record it, and he brought most of the members of the Blues Brothers in, oh, Lou Marini and a couple of the other guys that, you know, were in the, the film with, uh, with Belushi and Aykroyd and all that I stuff. I absolutely love So we had a, just a, a you know, fabulous recording session uh, on, on, on Black Tie Blues, uh, and then, of course, there's another song with I think you might play later called The Million Dollar Blues. But uh, it, was, it was an incredible experience working with those guys. I think it must have been. And your voice just keeps getting better and better, which is wonderful. That's what I like the most. So you have played that. T you told me something fabulous about playing at the Palais de Versailles. And I, that was extraordinary at the time. And you were telling me this wonderful story. Yes. Well, I, I have been blessed through uh, with my orchestra to play at many amazing events all over the place, uh, and most of which, well, many of which ra raise a lot of money for for philanthropic organizations that do a lot of really important things in, in, in this world for the underprivileged, the diseased, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, this was a party. Uh, it was largely financed by Americans, uh, but it was uh, to restore Louis' fountains, which had not been operable since the French Revolution. It's unbelievable. And I, we, they opened the doors, we were playing, and I saw the fountains come up for the first time with these, the lights and lights action and the fountains turned on and everybody cheered and it was just uh, it, it's it, it, spectacular. A, a moment out of a great movie. I agree. And you played in Annabelle's too. I think, anyway, but, first, the first but I have person. to tell you, I have to tell you, uh, and later that night at Versailles, uh, Jimmy Buffett was there. Oh my God! And uh, so Jimmy came up and said, uh, "I, you know, I wouldn't mind singing a song with the band." And uh, you know, we we're like, "Okay, well, we know Margaritaville." And I said, "But Jimmy, would you? We're going to play your song. Would you do a duet on Mac the Knife with me?" And he said, "I sure will." Oh my god. So he goodness. came up and we did Mac the Knife together and then he did his Margaritaville. It's a great moment. Wonderful. That is really spectacular. I mean, first you've seen of the first time ever the fountains, and then you got to play with a friend. Yeah. 
It's a wonderful combination. Absolutely wonderful. And you played at Annabelle's. That must have been a hoot. Yes, I did. Uh, I did a birthday party at, at Annabelle's. That's in London for people who don't know. But. Yes, yes, still, still, still exists. Wonderful, wonderful, fabulous uh, club, uh, and it was well a, a, a large number of of, of royalty from uh, from from Europe, uh, f- few of whom are actually st- still legitimately on the throne. But in any case, uh, they are real characters and, uh, and and a whole lot of fun. And it was a party that went. I don't, I don't think we went till three o'clock in the morning. It was really fantastic. oh yeah. They do every you know. They don't eat dinner till nine o'clock at night. I mean, <laughs> that's a real party set too. It's like in Spain, you know, take a nap. They have dinner. There's no restaurant open in Spain until eleven. Right. Just in case you know, we eat here in America so early, and they don't do that. And Annabelle's closed after so many years and bought this Yamungo building next door, maybe two feet next door. And uh, my niece went to it because she was doing an event for Sisley, which is a cosmetic company. She, and she took pictures of the bathrooms and everything. She said, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, the clubs have become so sophisticated. This one's beautiful. Yes, and you, you wonder why London can support these kinds of clubs, and we just don't have them really in the United States anymore. No, the mark is also heavy duty, but we were freaking out because there's an entire room where you can smoke cigars, and it reeked of cigars, and everybody's puffing at me. We're like, I, they actually have the room that has nothing but cigars. I've never seen anything like it, but... They have incredible, uh, the food, by the way, has grown extraordinarily better. Food was disgusting in London back in the day, like 20, 30 years. It was terrible. Absolutely. I mean, did you notice that the food was pretty bad? I, I, yes, it's, it, it was about other things. But you go to Harrods and you see the beauty of the food and you go, how can they mess it up? How can they? <laughs> you want to buy everything at Harrods, but it looks terrible on your plate. So you played in Athens and Rome and the Guggenheim and the Metropolitan. How is that? We played the Costume Institute Ball. Oh, how fun. Which was chaired by uh, Bill Buckley's wife, Pat Buckley. Yeah, she's a lovely person. And Nan Kempner, the infamous The doyenne of yes, fashion. Yes, absolutely. And it, it was a wonderful party, but we had, did have a little bit of an incident. Uh, one of my musicians, uh, we set up right by the Temple of Dender. One of my musicians put his amplifier on the bottom part of the Temple of Dender. And... Just before we started playing, I saw these three security guards running across the room towards my musician, and I realized what had happened. I said, what did you do? Why did you put your amplifier there? And he said, it's just a piece of rock. Whoa. <laughs> not the thing to do. Anyway, we straightened it out. We had a wonderful party, and you know, oh, the, there's nothing, nothing like the Costume Institute. Uh, no, absolutely, and nothing like the Temple of Dendor. And this sort of goes to our second song we're going to go, kind of, with, it's called Can Can. Sort of right up the our alley, and it's of course uh, sung by uh, done by Cole Porter. I mean, he wrote it. Cole Porter took the 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 the, the can can dance and right. kind of made it his own, and added some of the most clever lyrics I have ever heard in my life. I agree. And then you did a different take on it a bit. Yeah, this was this was uh, first song that we did uh, uh, when we were performing at the Cafe Carlisle. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, let's hit it. We're gonna hear can can. There is no trick to a can-can It is so simple to do 
When you once kick to a can-can will be so easy for you If a lady in Iran can If a shady African can If a Presbyterian can Baby, you can, can, can too If an English Dapper Dan can if an Irish Callahan can If an Afghan in Afghanistan can Baby, you can, can, can too Takes no art to do a can-can It is so simple to do When you start to do a can-can will be so easy for you If a slow Mohammedan can If a kilted Scottish clan can If in Wagner a Valkyrian can Baby, you can, can, can too If a lass in Michigan can if an ass in Astrakhan can If a bass in the Saskatchewan can Baby, you can, can, can too If in Dolphin every swell can It is so simple to do If Debussy and Ravel can will be so easy for you If the Louvre custodian can If the God Republican can If Van Gogh and Matisse and Cezanne can Baby, you can, can, can too If a holy Hindu man can if a gangly Anglican can If in Lesbos a pure lesbian can Baby, you can, can, can too If an ape God gets you and can It is so simple to do If a clumsy fella can can will be so easy for you If a dachshund in Berlin can If a tomcat in Peking can If a crowded sardine in a tin can Baby, you can, can, can too If a rhino with a crash can if a hippo with a splash can If an elm and an oak and an ash can Baby, you can, can, can do What a wonderful, wonderful song. And what I love about it, the lyrics are very clever
and it's very sophisticated. Now, this is the sort of music that people really don't hear anymore, but it was such a love for many, many people. Why do you think this sort of faded and everybody's listening to rap and stuff like that? There are, of course, I suppose, fads, right? Well, I think there's a cynicism about true love. We don't, uh, we get it in a few movies, but the the traditional love song no longer uh, pretty much uh, exists. And uh, this song that you just played, Can Can, challenges you. You really have to think about it. Yes. It's, it's very clever, the alliteration and the uh, the way he's 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 put these uh, analogies together. Uh, is is, is uh, It makes you think. You have to think. I think this music is wonderful. When we were the teenagers, we used to go to the Plaza Hotel in New York, and we'd go to the wonderful Trader Vic's, and we'd listen to upstairs. You have played at the Plaza, of course. Oh, yes. And that not it wonderful? It was so wonderful back then. Well, that's the thing. The, the, the ballrooms that were built as ballrooms. That's right. And they used real materials. They are fabulous. The acoustics are amazing. I mean, for instance, you look at, uh, like, Lincoln Center. Lincoln Center has nothing but problems with their acoustics. They're constantly changing everything because it's most new. of it was built in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Carnegie Hall is perfect. Yes, you can it's... sit up in the balcony, which I've done many times, and you can hear a pin drop. And the only time they had to work on it was they tried to change some of it, and they took out some of the material. Then they had to put it right back in because they screwed up the sound. I wonder why. They were trying to adapt a new style. Oh, they, they, they wanted to make it look more contemporary. You know, I think it was probably the, the, like the 70s when people changed everything. You know, you have, might, have, might have a marble, fabulous marble ceiling, and you put linoleum over it. Oh, for it. God's you, sake. You know, that was just the, the fad at the time. But the plaza and the Waldorf. The plaza is, it was revamped by Ivana Trump, who changed a lot of things. But basically... I the, thought it was the, Leona Helmsley. The guts are still there, and, and the, the real material. So uh, now there are a lot of... Uh, in, in New York particularly, of course, there, there, there are a lot of former banks that now have been turned into event spaces because banks are you know, very different than they used to be. Certainly so. Uh, but uh, the acoustics are, are, are a huge challenge because they were built as banks, not as ballrooms. So very sturdy. I mean, lots of stonework and... Yes, but it's almost like you're in a tunnel. And I, my, my own personal uh, surmise on that is that uh, bankers were talking and it was it was fairly open, but no, you didn't want anybody to hear what you were talking about, all the business deals you were making, etc. So therefore, it became sort of a garbled sound as if you were in a tunnel. It's true, but they that's didn't not have what partitions. you want with a band. You want to hear the singer. You don't want to feel like the singer's in a tunnel. That doesn't want, make you want to dance or want to listen to it. But I love dancing to your music. It really Thank makes people... That's why in my in, in, beginning I said... You want to dance. You want to dance. And you were very clever. You said, if they're not moving their feet, I'm not doing a good job. Well, you know, as, as doing uh, matrimonial law, uh, you really don't ever make anybody happy doing a divorce. That's true. You know, I think the last one I did, uh, the woman had called me uh, constantly, constantly, constantly. Where's my divorce? Where's my divorce? Where's my divorce? I finally was able to get her the divorce. I called her. I said, come in. I have something very exciting. I read her the divorce decree. And she said, I don't know if I really wanted to get divorced. People changed. That was about the last one I did. 
but being a being a band leader, uh, I can usually make everybody really happy, and that makes me feel really good. And there's there's no price you can put on that. I, I think it's so lovely. It's so lovely to be able to give happiness to people that people want you, like you, and that you bond with the people. First of all, you know a lot of them, and you bond with them. You you sort of you're the spirit that moves us, so to speak, as much as you can. And, and I think it's a talent that not a lot of people have. Yes, and when you, know, when you do weddings, you almost become part of the family. It's, it's, it's really a, a nice kind of thing. And, and as you said, I, I, I learned uh, that if people's feet are moving faster than the music, they want to dance to a faster tempo. So we changed the tempo. And of course, the, the opposite is true too. So there are a lot of little tricks of the trade that I learned from Lester Lennon. I had also worked in his office along the way, and he had played uh, uh, one of my mother's uh, parties when she was a, a teenager. So we, she, he knew the family and took took me in, and uh, I, I learned a lot from him. He was really the master at reading the crowd and knowing what songs to play. He was wonderful. He was absolutely a wonderful man. And then you played at. The Carlisle, too, which is a wonderful place to play. They have a fabulous piano there, right? Yes. Uh, I, I did. Uh, I was at the Oak Room at the Algonquin. That was my first cabaret gig. And what? that followed that up with, with the Cafe Carlisle, and where I sort of told my story and sang a, lot of, sang a lot of songs, like Cole Porter songs, like Can Can, which was always the first song that we, that we, that we played. And uh, it was just a great growing experience as, as, as an artist, uh, not just singing with the band for dancing, but actually the attention focused on you and you have to uh, make the people feel things by singing to them. And so that made me grow. I think it's wonderful. And of course, you tune up on your singing and uh, with, an art, with uh, people who are, do that sort of thing, you have to get a tune up. Almost like a car, right? Oh, oh, oh! It, it, it's 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 a constant uh, thing. If if you know if you if if you don't train, you you will lose That's it. Right. Uh, and I I got into this because I because I really love to sing, and I never really had was trained properly, and it all worked fabulously for me. I was very very lucky. There. Uh, when I when I was younger, when I started to get a little bit older. Uh, what had been natural didn't work so well. So I actually had to go back, and I'm still in the process of, of retraining myself uh, with, with a, a real fabulous classical taskmaster teacher. I think it's wonderful. It's like any sport, you know, with skating, or you have to practice, practice, practice all the time, and I think right. it's wonderful. Okay, now we're going to do something very romantic. We're going to play... A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square. And I love that song. That certain night, the night we met, there was magic abroad in the air. There were angels dining at the Ritz And a nightingale sang in Barclay Square I may be right, 
I may be wrong, but I'm perfectly willing to swear that when you turned and smiled at me, a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. The moon that lingered over London town, poor puzzled moon, he wore a frown. How could he know we two were so in love? The whole darn world seemed upside down. The streets of town were paved with stars. It was such a romantic affair. And as we kissed and said goodnight, a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. Strange it was, how sweet and strange There was never a dream to compare With that hazy, crazy night we met When a nightingale sang in Barclay Square Oh, this heart of mine, it beats loud and fast Like a merry-go-round at a fair For we were dancing cheek to cheek And a nightingale sang in Barclay Square when dawn came stealing up our golden blue To interrupt our rendezvous I still remember how you smiled and said Was this a dream or was it true? Our homeward step was just as light As the dancing feet of a stair And just like an echo far away A nightingale sang in Barclay Nightingale sang in Barclay That night in Barclay's It is absolutely fabulous. I absolutely love it. It's romantic. Thank you. Oh. And your voice is, is just getting stronger and stronger. I just think it's one of my spectacular... Spectacular songs. I really like it. Thank you. And I have to say that you got an amazing quote, by the way, from a magazine, and it says, when Alex Donner debuted last Sunday, he'd earned his place at the Cafe Carlisle. He commanded the landmark room where quintessential New York cabaret stars like Eartha Kitt, Barbara Cook, and Bobby Short have presided. A rousing soul singer voice. Great band. Well, uh, I am... Blessed to be, <laughs> thank you for being for being put with with those uh, three of the greats. What a compliment, the, the, right? One of the greats of all time. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, I must say that I am. I, I have to say that I am every day. I say to myself, I am so lucky to be able to do what I love to do and to to try to make people people happy uh, doing doing this. Well, I think you do. I think you do, and that's a gift. It's always a gift. Now, I know that you've been also rubbed shoulders with some uh, pretty famous people. <laughs> you want to talk about a few of them? Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I'd mentioned uh, we, were, we were in El Morocco, and Tony Bennett, who was actually out of favor at the time, very much out of favor. Uh, it was it was the late 70s, and you know the rock and roll era had come in. Yes, And did. Tony hadn't done MTV, and his son hadn't taken over his career. And uh, so the maitre d' came up and said, oh, there's this guy here, uh, Tony Bennett. You know, he wants to sing with a band. What do you think? And I was like, 
I Are think so. <laughs> I said to the band, I said, hey, guys, Tony Bennett wants to sing with us. And they were like, are you kidding? Get him up here. So he came up and sang, I left my heart in San Francisco with my band. And he was amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, he's played with Lady Gaga just recently. Oh, I yeah. Believe. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, you know, still vocalizes every day. Uh, still, still got the voice. Amazing. It's amazing. It really yeah. is wonderful. Harry Belafonte, of course, has, has sung with us. A lovely. Nicest guy. Amazing. And it's funny, we're, we're doing a, a party with, with a lot of Calypso tomorrow night. And of course, I was just thinking about, about channeling uh, Harry, Harry Belafonte. That's right. It's Calypso evening. Yes, yes. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Well, I look forward to as I'm going. And I think you've done some parties also and been entertaining Donald Trump, Rudolph Giuliani, right? <laughs> We we did a lot of performing at Gracie Mansion when when uh, Rudy Giuliani was was in office, yes, absolutely, and of course we have performed for the president in many different venues. That's uh, fantastic. I think that's the 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 third or f maybe maybe it's the fourth. Let's see. We we go we go back. We started with President Ford, and we did President Carter, and we did Bush. President President Bush, and now President Trump. So that's four. It's amazing. So we, so we had the privilege of, of doing of doing four presidents. Yes, it's unbelievable. Oh, and then you played in Chicago. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. We just did a, uh, an event in Chicago with Prince Edward, the the Earl of Wessex, who is, I guess, what third or fourth in line for the for the crown. Uh, and we were told, uh, be very careful. Do not extend your hand. Do not talk to him before he talks to you. Uh, well, he came in and he came right up to me. He said, grabbed my hand and said, Alex, I understand you're doing the music tonight. Oh. Nicest guy. And then we played Rule Britannia. Britannia rules the waves. When he came up to the bandstand, he looked at me and he said, thank you, Alex. That was a perfect choice. And talked to each member of the band before he started his speech. Good manners. What a man. And very kind, I would say. Also, you've done royalty. And then your two Grammys must have been very exciting for you. Yes, yes. Well, we were we were nominated for 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 a Grammy. Didn't didn't get one, but just to be nominated and be in. Oh, I think it's a wonderful to be to be in the company of. Oh, absolutely! Of, and you've literally sang from coast to coast. Yes. For so many years that uh, you're sort of world known at this point. Having yeah, played. we'll be in San Francisco in 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 a couple of weeks. We'll be uh, in L.A. in September. Uh, we've been in Seattle oh, I think eight, eight or nine times. I mean, it's, it's, I think you do about 200 events a year. Not quite. Uh, but it's close. But it's close. But it's, it's close. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and of course, I'm not at all of them. We, we also do you, send, exactly. send, send out some, some, some bands also. Oh, I think it's just remarkable because it's a full-time job, so to speak. Yes, it is. It's wonderful. You're very talented, by the way. Thank I, it's just, you. It's just the pleasure to hear you. You're kind. You're just wonderful. I adore you. So now we're going to sing, or I, we're going to hear Million Dollar Blues. Now this and, is an original. Yes, it's wonderful. And well, it was written? This, this, this was written along with Black Tie Blues. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's, it's about uh, somebody who has everything but really has nothing. And it's kind of 
Somebody said, this is rich people's blues. Well, you know what? Rich people can get the blues, too, <laughs> just like anyone else. Very true. Okay. Send me their jet At all the parties Me they'd fet But now with my alimonies I had to sell my polo ponies I may look like a million dollars But baby I ain't worth a cent People thought I could buy and sell them But the truth is I can't pay my rent a room all the chicks began to swoon now all I got's one Brioni suit and the gals give me the boot was on everyone's benefit list in receiving lines me they kissed and my Mercedes was repossessed and paid six called me a mess I may look like a million dollars but baby I ain't worth a cent my friends Beach to all the ladies golf I'd teach. They even asked me once to preach. Now all they call me is a leech. Used to stroll the Champs Elysees like Maurice Chevalier. But now in Paris I feel as if I'm in the Bastille.
I love the piano. It's wonderful, wonderful song, I, which is you also wrote. The song that... Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely fabulous. Sure, I wrote the music and, and the lyrics. And I think it was all done in one weekend, Those both of those songs. I, I just, got, just got in this blues frame of mind and just kind of did it. It's wonderful. I love it. And I like the fact that you also do pop music as well, depending, of course, on your group or the young people. Oh, of course. When we're, when we're performing live, if you heard us three different nights, you might almost say, well, that's almost like three different bands. One night might be very Sinatra-esque, might be Bobby Darin and, and, and Big Band and all that kind of stuff. Another night might be a lot of Motown and a lot of classic rock. And another night might be a lot of really contemporary music. So we have to do it all. It's so versatile. Usually people stick to it. That's what I like so much about your music. It really does change and goes with the flow. Well, the great I... thing is we can, I can walk into a party, and as I was taught by Lester Lennon, once I look at the crowd, I pretty much know how the evening's going to go. Sometimes there's a surprise, but usually I kind of know. Yeah. And I'm able to perform any of those genres in a very legitimate kind of way. So it means that we, can, we, we do very well with almost any kind of crowd. I think it's fabulous. Now, I know that you've done a lot of albums and CDs. Tell me about those. Good. Well, we have a Black Tie Blues, and then we have, which is, is all of those, those blues songs done with most of the members of the, of the Blues Brothers Band. And then we have something called White Tie, which are great American standards with a, with a, a big band backing. Then I also have Live in Newport, uh, we did the Preservation Ball, so this was live right there at the Preservation Ball in one of the grand houses on Bellevue Avenue there in Newport. I also have uh, a couple of Christmas albums. Which I have, which I have. <laughs> and I play you every Christmas. And it's, it, it's just wonderful when you say that. You know, It's just so wonderful to know that these things are, are played. And that they people are, are played. People are enjoying them. And you can get them at alexdonner.com and... If you want to call, there's an 800 number. It's 1-800-ITS-MUSIC, I-T-S-M-U-S-I. You don't need the C, so you can get it through the website, Alec, at uh, uh, alexdonner.com, www.alexdonner.com, and that's D-O-N-N-E-R, or at 1-800-ITS-MUSIC. Well, that's terrific, because I just love my Christmas album that I have and I love them all I think they're absolutely wonderful and you also do a lot of ch charity work which I think is really wonderful too for the pets for the humane society I think it's wonderful and you helped with the trade world trade center it was really quite something that you also happen to be really yes I think the, the, the thing I'm most proudest of in a way in my career is uh, after Hurricane Katrina read about all of the musicians, and I knew some of them, actually, who had to leave New Orleans. And when musicians leave and can't come back because they can't rebuild their houses, etc., if you don't have the music there in a place like New Orleans, you don't have anything because the tourists aren't going to come because they want to hear that authentic ambience, New Orleans yes. music. So I actually uh, decided to do a benefit, and I called upon some of the, the women who'd been chairman of events that we had 
uh, contributed our music to over the years, and a lot of them pitched in, and we did a, a one-time benefit, and I brought up some of my musician friends from, from New Orleans, and we were able to, and this was quite a while ago, present a check for $200,000 down in New Orleans to uh, an organization that helped musicians come back and rebuild their houses and reset themselves up in New Orleans. That's wonderful. That's wonderful that you do all that. It's a great thing, I think, and very proud of you for that. And now we're going to play a really fun kick-up song, which I adore, and it's so up-tempo. It's called Kansas City. Yeah, and I'll tell you, but I, I tell you, I just don't want this to end. It's so much fun. I, I really feel uh, so, I've been interviewed by a lot of people, but I've never felt so kind of natural, and it, even though we are here in a, a studio, I feel like I'm in a, a, a living room with you, just talking, and it's, it's just wonderful. So you do an amazing job Thank with this, you. and it's not really a job. It's it's, it's something that you that you it's, love that I to enjoy. do. And you've people always enjoy. been a you've always been a people person, and and uh, so we we I love you like a lot of people love you, John, uh, and 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 it's really been a, a super pleasure to spend this time with you. You're so sweet. I haven't finished just yet, oh, but okay. somebody also told me he felt like he was in the living room. It's <laughs> 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 like great. <laughs> So now we're going to listen to, he sounds like Elvis Presley, I promise you. Uh, here we're going to go. And this was live, by the way. This is amazing. Wait, it, that's a plus. It's called Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City, Kansas City I come. I'm going to Kansas City, Kansas City I come. I got some crazy little women there, I'm going to give me one. I'm standing on the corner, down the trail and vine. I'm standing on the corner, down the trail and vine. With my Kansas City baby, my bottle of Kansas City wine. I take a plane, I take a train, and I have to walk them to get back to say, I'm going to Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. Oh, yeah. They got some greens and women there. I'm gonna give me one. Okay. 
Tell me what can I do? Mama's gonna feel that Pretty baby, take me by the hand like Elvis Presley. <laughs> that's, a, that's a compliment. That's well, a how in the world compliment. did you do that? You know, it just sort of... Just I, came. It was sort of a natural thing. I, 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 I don't know. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And I thank you for your wonderful compliment. I really appreciate it. And I just admire you as well, if not more. And uh, I think that your music is fantastic. And I love listening to it. And I can't wait to go to the party tomorrow so I can move my feet tomorrow. Mm. So thank you for listening, and as always, lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. God bless and have a wonderful day.